0: Hello everyone, I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas Podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. This episode is brought to you by Assembly Co-Working Space. Assembly has been home to some of Calgary's brightest tech startups and small businesses for almost a decade. If you're looking for a co-working space, check out assemblycs.com. Hey, loyal listeners. I'll be hosting this episode myself. I've been involved in software development for more than 25 years. I've started companies, led companies, and worked for companies, doing many different things. I'm honored to be considered a leader in Alberta's innovation ecosystem, and I give back as much and as often as I can. When I'm not working, or podcasting, you'll find me pursuing my passions of photography, crypto investing, and woodworking, along with the occasional round of golf. Now, come drop in on me and my guest, Miles Shedden, as we talk about the rental woes and how he thinks he has a way to make it better. Hey, everybody, welcome to the episode. Today, my special guest is Miles Shedden. Miles, why don't you give us a little bit of a background on how you ended up where you are today?
1: Sure. And uh, thanks very much for having me. So I'm a prairie kid. I was uh, born on a farm just south of of Saskatoon, really an acreage. Went to the University of Saskatchewan for uh, my undergraduate and my master's. played on the University of, of Saskatchewan Husky soccer team and began my career actually in Calgary at RBC Capital Markets in the investment banking group. I spent a few years there, notoriously one of the worst analysts that ever worked at RBC Capital Markets. I think in history. I moved to a private equity firm in Calgary as well called TriWest Capital Partners, which was by far the best job I have ever had in my entire life. And a few years after I joined TriWest, I got approached by an old college friend of mine named Josh Samir, who was the founder of Skip the Dishes, or one of the founders. And he asked me to come and join Skip. And I originally said no, but Josh doesn't really take no for an answer. And so a few months later, I found myself moving to Winnipeg and, and working at Skip the Dishes. I had a, a fantastic experience there. Um, ultimately played a, a part of uh, part of the team that was running global operations and left in October of 2020 to found Chroma, our new startup with a few colleagues from there as well.
0: Awesome. So why don't we talk a little bit about Chroma? Like what what's the premise there? What are you trying to accomplish?
1: Yeah, sure. So we always kind of try to start with the problem. What problem are we solving? And the problem that we... Have identified. I want to solve is that renting your home is not as valuable as owning your home, and the reality is with housing price increases outpacing income growth, it looks like home ownership might not be a reality or not as as soon for a lot of different people and different families, and we want to play a role in in trying to at least make rent more convenient, flexible, and rewarding experience.
0: I guess the next question on my mind is probably how are you doing that?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good question. We you know, when we started out, we thought that the only way to do that would be to access renters through their landlord. And that's a very, very common tactic when you're building in the prop tech space, which is you build a platform for the landlords because they have lots of problems and they want to use technology to solve those. And then you build a renter portal, and then the landlord tries to get the renters to use the portal. But that's kind of where most companies stop. They, they Because the landlord is the one paying their bills, they continue to build more and more and more product and, and technology for the landlord and, and sort of forget about the renter. We've kind of come to realize that that's not the best way to solve renter problems. And the best way to solve them would be an app just for renters that they could use and take with them no matter where they live, no matter where they rent. And one of the biggest challenges that we see with being a renter is that every time you move, you have to start all over. And because you have to start all over, you sort of there's no incentive to be a great renter. And, and the second problem is that whenever a landlord is filling a vacancy, they're filling it with someone who's also starting all over. And so you'll know all the mechanisms that they use to try to de-risk that person, background check, credit check, proof of employment, proof of income, three references, things like that. When the reality is you could just build a platform that renters can take with them and you wouldn't need those things anymore. And so that's what we're building.
0: Oh, interesting. So even though it's built for renters, it actually eases the process of the landlord getting people on board. So does it have a uh, piece to it where the landlords can find renters? Like, is, is that part of it as well?
1: It's possible that we go down that path at some point. Today, what we're building is flexible payments, which means that renters can pay rent whenever they want. One of the challenges I think for a lot of people uh, that rent their homes is they feel a lot of anxiety around paying around the first of the month. Paying on the first of the month is largely a landlord convention because that's usually when the mortgage is due. But for most Canadians and actually North Americans, we get paid either semi-monthly or bi-weekly, And so the fact that everyone sort of changes their whole lives just to be able to pay on the first is sort of backwards. And so we've built a system where renters can pay us whenever they want. They can fund their Chroma wallet actually, is, is technically how it works. And then th- that money goes from their Chroma wallet to their landlord on the day that the rent is due.
0: I, does this mean they have to kind of be a little bit ahead so that you have the money when the rent is due on the first or whatever?
1: So today, yes. So typically what happens is everyone prepays rent. They pay on the first, then you get to live in that the home for that month. And so they'll have to be two weeks ahead today. We are testing and, and already have issued a handful of credit loans to to renters in order to start to get ahead of that when we launch. But you know, I think the reality is renters are, are dramatically underserved, dramatically underbanked, and there's a massive opportunity here to, to help, you know, call it 35% of people find more value from renting their homes.
0: That makes a lot of sense with the, the way the economy's going, actually you kind of addressed it at the beginning, but people are less likely to be able to afford a home, especially their first home. Do you have any future plans for some sort of incentive that helps the people move towards ownership at some point?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Actually, in in January as well when we launch, renters will be able to build their credit score by by paying rent. And so it's a lot of work to to build that that integration with the credit bureaus, but it's it's a big missing piece and you know, call it 35% of people are sort of being a little bit, you know, systematically held back. From the ability to start to contribute, you know, their largest expense to to their credit score. And what's happening is there's this widening gap between the credit score of people who own their homes and rent their homes. So it becomes almost a self-fulfilling prophecy to some extent that once you're in that cycle, it's very, very hard to get out of it and sort of earn your way out of it. And so that'll be what we launch with in January is flexible payments and building your credit. I'm, I'm super excited about it. And I think, I think it'll be really, really valuable. It'll also be free. And so we're hoping that it, that, you know, a lot of people will not be dissuaded by having to pay more money, but will actually be able to get that for free. I think in the, the longer term, we're pretty early in our journey here, but in the longer term, there's definitely something interesting in the rent to own space. I, I think so far, you know it had, there's a i think the old world of rent to own which had a very negative connotation i think a lot of people had kind of gotten ripped off in that space and and it, it you know it wasn't great i think there's a bunch of interesting companies now pursuing it the us Divi and canada key living that are approaching it i think in the right way but until we can solve that progressive ownership problem i don't think it's going to work well i think you know one of the biggest challenges is that most of these rent to own systems Involve creating some sort of savings account where you save up and then have a down payment, and that just you miss out on on the progressive value increase of the home throughout that whole time that you're living there. So it's not true rent to own yet, but I think there's an opportunity there as well.
0: Yeah, I guess it's it's a a market that's kind of ripe for disruption. Would you would you say that?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I think you know, anytime you can you can find a, a segment of people that are are underserved, you can probably find a way to to make their lives a little better and a little bit easier. This just happens to be an enormous market that's underserved. And so, yeah, I mean, real estate, we hear all the time in this space, particularly when we're working closer with landlords. That's just the way things have always been done. And whenever we hear that, that's usually a good indication that things ought to change. And so, you know, that's that's sort of where we've set our sights.
0: That's awesome. It makes a lot of sense too. So the one thing that I haven't connected in my head yet is let's say I'm a renter and I'm on board with the Chroma app and I want to rent a place. How, why, what's the incentive for the landlord of the place that I want to rent, allowing me to do things through Chroma instead of just directly giving them like predated checks or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I know where you're going. So, so one COVID really you know, added some fuel to the fire of people transitioning to paying the rent online. If, if people weren't already doing it, they are now. So the post-dated checks thing is is pretty old school. I know it still happens, but it's it's pretty old school. The way that we've built Chroma is that the landlord doesn't have a say, really. So when we break the market down, out of the 4.5 million rental homes in Canada, about 30% are owned by the institutional players, called the pension funds or the REEDs, so the big guys. The other 70% is owned by mom and pops. And that is the same statistic or approximately the same in the U.S. The vast majority of people who live with mom and pops pay through e-transfer. And so money arrives in the landlord's bank account on the first of the month. Our platform uses e-transfer. So all the renter needs to know is their landlord's email. And an interesting fact is that Landlords actually can't dictate how a renter must pay, but it, oftentimes in practice, that, that ends up happening. And, and so what we find is with mom and pops, you know the smaller the smaller players, they sort of say, look, I own the asset, just pay me when rent is due and, and I'm happy. I don't care how you do that. A lot of the institutional players in order to cut down on operating costs uh, will require pre-authorized debit or things like that. And so we've purposely chosen not to go after that, that segment of the market. Despite the fact that it is extremely attractive because it's very big chunky user acquisition, you know, there's there's dozens of platforms that are serving that part of the market.
0: Right. Okay, that makes sense. Well, that's fascinating. It sounds like um, the market is ripe for this product to be alive and well, and uh, I can't even imagine why a renter wouldn't be totally interested in using this tool. So that's all awesome well i would say if you could look out into the future like say 10 years from now where do you want to be with chroma at that point in time like uh what sort of vision maybe you have some regulation to get through first or you have to kind of establish everything first and then you're going to look at something else if, if you can talk to that
1: i can try yeah we i think at the stage that our company's at we kind of live week to week and, and, you know, at, at most month to month, maybe three months. But in terms of the broader vision, we've always felt that an end to end platform that connects both landlords and tenants would be the most valuable thing to be able to build. The question was always, of course, how do you get there? And we actually originally started down the path of building a platform for landlords with a renter portal, very similar to everybody else. And that that ship has sailed a little bit, you know. In the U.S., they they implemented all that stuff five years ago. In Canada, they're implementing it now, or or you know, to some extent, have it already in place. The, the the problem is those platforms are all geared towards the landlord, and so I think if we can capture the end user, the renter, and we can capture a lot of them, we can maybe help add more value to landlords. And I'll give you an example. There's a bunch of companies in this space. That are trying to find ways to ensure leases for landlords. There's a couple different motivations. One of them might be uh, to enable them to take on a riskier tenant that they otherwise may not have, or to you know help you know stabilize cash flow, things like that. Where I think that falls totally flat is the fact that the risk exercise of figuring out you know what is the risk of that tenant is the exact same whether or not you pay the landlord or the tenant. And what I mean by that is what what we're building. Is actually a, a way to give the renter the money to pay their rent, so they don't lose their home. Not a way to de-risk the landlord's cash flow. And so this entire industry is geared towards finding ways to serve property owners and, and asset managers and things like that. And I I just can't help but feel like it is completely backwards. You know, they exist to solve a housing problem for the people that live in those houses, and yet everyone is geared towards solving their problems. And I think we've got the you know the, the the cart a bit ahead of the horse or forced from the trees or whatever you know analogy fits there, and so instead of insuring their leases, we will help renters make their payments. And I think that's a pretty cool, we'll call it innovation that I think we're we're going to have. Interesting,
0: and and I would think that you know the people who are renting properties would probably want to know that the renters are going through you because then they're, they're going to feel a lot more confident that they're going to get their mon- monthly payment.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the irony of the situation is it is effectively insuring their leases, right? The fact that the fact that we're giving the renter the money to pay it. That, that's why it's such a benefit is that in one scenario, well, actually just to back up a bit, insuring a lease actually has the negative incentive. The landlord is actually incentivized to be a worse landlord so the renter moves out voluntarily so they can get the insurance and don't have to have the wear and tear on the house. Whereas in our situation, the renter is sort of empowered to say, yeah, you know what? I can make that payment. I get to keep my home. You know, It's very simple. It's very easy. And one of the coolest parts is that because renters pay through our platform, we can actually see how responsible and accountable they are with their biggest expense. And the fact that that expense is not reflected in credit scores today means that it's possible, I don't know if it's true, but it's possible that we actually have much better data on whether or not people uh, are responsible and, and are deserving of you know, some, some level of credit.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And you're right, the people renting the house aren't going to be getting any credit hit good or bad off of that but this could be a potential way for them to if you guys are integrating with the credit history bureaus then they have an opportunity to show that they're making their rent payments on time and and building a strong credit rating that, that could be a huge benefit to to using this platform
1: yeah like personally I think it should be table stakes you know the, the, the credit bureaus or their purpose is to you know predict whether or not somebody can repay some sort of debt obligation. And the fact that so many people are making a massive payment every month, or else they lose their home, but getting no credit for that, you know, to me doesn't just doesn't make sense. And so I think it ought to be reflected in in their credit scores. And I think it should be table stakes. And you know, if there's um, other platforms in the future that even if we're competitive with them, I would be more than happy to have our team work with theirs so that they can report their renters payments through ours i think that's just uh, you know it's a requirement for the industry
0: well that's that's really brilliant i was just thinking for a second that you know with very little change i wonder what areas that a platform like this could work in and i was thinking you know like car payments and stuff but car payments are usually attached to some sort of financing some sort of loan or something but i wonder if there's a sort of a side implementation of the same platform that might pop out at some point in time because those are always fun because if you have to make a lot of changes or you know go out of your way, it's not worth it to try something new. But what if something fits in, like plugs in absolutely perfectly? Have you had any discussions around that road?
1: A little. I
0: think truth be
1: told, this this you know, renter focus angle, although it's always been in the back of our minds, has has come more to the forefront in the last few months. So, thinking about all the sort of permutations about where else it could work, we've not, maybe not quite done that. We're a little bit more focused on like, okay, what are we actually building today? But I think there's a huge opportunity to pull this together with things like utilities, cell phone, internet, cable. There's no reason all that can't flow through our platform. You know, there may be some various corporate interests that maybe don't want that. But then again, there may be some that do. So, I can't say exactly who yet, but we've got a partnership with one of the largest telecom companies in Canada where when people sign up to our platform, you know, it'll say something like, are you, you know, is this an existing lease that you're making payments on or is it new? If they say new, it says, you know, great. Do you want renter insurance? Yes. Do you want internet and cable set up when you arrive? Yes. And then they can get access to uh, special offers that you can't get anywhere else through our platform. So we're already starting to build some of those elements in and it kind of just makes sense. I think, you know, we hear a lot from people that we talk to in terms of surveys and, and focus groups about, what a pain it is to set up utilities and internet every time you move. And so hopefully we can sort of make that a little bit more convenient.
0: That's actually fantastic. It's, you know, rolling in these these important things that are all related together into one place. So as long as you're making sure that your Chroma wallet has the amount of money in there to cover the next payments that are gonna need to happen, you know, you could pretty much lump in any of those sorts of utilities and, and things like that as well. That's really, uh, really clever, actually.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of neat. You know, I'm not I'm not sure how proprietary this is. Our, our CTO might get a little bit upset at me for explaining this, but, <laughs> but because because our payments happen in two legs, from the renter to the wallet, from the wallet to the landlord, we have a lot of control over what happens on both ends of those legs. And so, whether a renter wants to initiate a payment or set up recurring payments into the wallet, uh, they can do all those things. They can also connect their bank account. So yeah, I think we're we're starting to kind of get into a place where it becomes this very useful platform for people and and at no cost.
0: That's really interesting. I guess a couple other things that are kind of milling about in my brain have to do with your history with the Skip the Dishes folks. Are they behind or at least having a big influence on this company?
1: We're not working with them directly, but Harvest and, and a lot of the folks at Harvest had enormous influence on on my career and many of the careers of the, of the people at Chroma. You know, I worked very closely with Chris Smear, the managing director there, and and you know he taught me some just incredible lessons during my time at Skip the Dishes. You know, the the founders of that company were and are remarkable, and um, you know you see it with with Neo's success, you see it with Pivot Subscription success out of Saskatoon, with Harvest success, so. Yeah, I think probably anyone who spent any amount of time at Skip is probably, you know, forever grateful to that group.
0: Nice. That's very cool. And yeah, once you've sort of done a business and and fought through all the the difficult times that come with that and then you achieve success at some point in time that gives you a, a really great background to be able to do the next one and the next one and you probably make less mistakes each time as well so i guess i would apply the same to people that have worked at the the more senior team members of those sorts of companies probably gain a ton of that experience going through all of that hardship and stress building the company you know, that maybe they don't even own, but I guess you could comment on that.
1: Yeah. You know, I joined Skip after they had product market fit. So which, you know, the elusive product market fit, you know, do people actually want what you're building? So a simple way to break it down is going from zero to one, and then from going from one to, you know, n kind of thing. And so I joined after they were already at one. And so, you know, one of the most remarkable things about my time there was just the quality of people that worked in that in that organization. The quality was extremely high. There were so many wildly capable people. Felt very, very lucky to be part of that team. And the other part was how much everyone cared. The idea that people, you know, on just on their own volition wake up every day, get super excited to go to work and try to solve problems with, you know, their counterparts. I've never seen anything like it and I hope that Chroma has has some of that spirit as well. I think one of the biggest challenges with where we're at today is that Although many of us were at skip and were part of going from one to, you know, N, none of us had ever gone from zero to one, which is a very, very different undertaking. And we made an enormous amount of mistakes along the way. Even some of the most basic ones, like that you could just Google how to do a startup and it would say, you know, don't do these. We did many of those. And so, and so it was, it has been just a fantastic learning experience. And, and of course, I hope that one day we, we get to that product market fit and then we can show some of our scaling chops, you know, that acquired through skip the dishes.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that's great. What, what's one of the things that you did not expect in going through this process?
1: That's a good question. I feel like there's just so many, like you just uh, constantly blindsided a bit, but maybe I'll, I'll answer maybe a little bit of a different question we you know we didn't do enough true discovery we started off saying there's there's no platforms that you know solve these problems for renters and landlords and so we're going to build one and we did you know the base level base minimum amount of discovery had some conversations and and the, the conversations kind of went like this to landlords you know what are your biggest challenges well the biggest challenge is that everything is all over the place there's all these different programs we have to use and we wish there was just one place for everything and then we said, so if we built one place for everything, would you use it? And they all got very excited and said, of course. <laughs> that probably didn't need to be validated. That was probably pretty obvious. What, what needed to be validated was, would you use it in its interim state until it gets there? And the answer to that is, of course, no. <laughs> and so, so when we started building you know, that interim state and getting progressively closer, the pace of user acquisition wasn't fast enough. And everybody continued to believe in the vision of our users, but were hesitant to adopt it when it was still a somewhat nascent platform and couldn't solve, you know, big accounting problems and things like that. And it was throughout that time period that we sort of realized that, you know, one, we probably should have done proper discovery. And two, there's actually a much more exciting and I think valuable segment to solve for, which is direct to renter, sort of direct to consumer side. And so that's where we've started to turn a lot, in fact, almost all of our attention. Now, we still have a lot of landlords and, and renters that use our platform, but the vast majority of the the innovation and the, and the new product development will come on the renter side.
0: Okay. That's really, really interesting. And uh, yeah, it, it must be really enlightening and, and rewarding to actually find the pivot and be able to head down that road before you uh, get to a point where you're stuck. It, like, do you feel that it was a pivot?
1: Uh, yes and no. No, because we always wanted to build for renters. We just thought the only way to access them was through the landlord. And so, so no, in that regard, yes, in terms of, I mean, if you asked our technology team, who's been building this platform, they would say, you know, they would say it's a pivot. And so, I think it kind of depends on who you ask and how you ask the question. But what I can say is that I think everyone is extremely excited to be building, you know, this, this whether it's a pivot or not.
0: If somebody wants to be, be there when this launches or, or get on board and learn more about it, where can they figure that out?
1: So, uh, we actually, the platform is live right now. There's just minimal functionality. A lot of it is sitting behind what we call feature flags, but but it will probably be live. I don't want. I I feel like Riley is going to be really upset at me if I
0: if I put a stake in the. No, group. no, no. You don't have to give a date, but can they sign up somewhere as as a, on a newsletter or anything like that?
1: Anyone can sign up today and pay their rent through our platform. Today it is just slightly less convenient than paying through e transfer. Anyone can sign up and pay today, and we start logging your payments, which means we can't yet report them to the credit bureaus, but. Once we can report them to the credit bureaus, we can we can report your historical ones as well. And so there is a little bit of friction there still, and the site isn't as, as beautiful as we might want it to be, but everything works and and you know we're almost ready to go. So anyone can sign up. It's just www.chroma.ca and um, you just sign up with an email.
0: Well, I'm going to make sure to have that in the show notes and uh, you've said it as well. So if someone's driving down the road, they just have to remember Chroma, which, uh, which shouldn't be too hard to remember. It has something to do with colors of light or something, doesn't it? <laughs> Where did the name come from?
1: Oh, it's 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 actually kind of a funny story. We spent like months kind of in our spare time looking for a name. And I don't know if you spent much time on like the the domain name buying websites, but every domain name in the world is taken. There are none left, right? And and so even Chroma, Chroma.com, which of course is this, you know, dot com is kind of the holy grail of of what you want. It's 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 some medical imaging diagnostics company, I think, in the US. And so we couldn't get that. And we were we just said, look, let's just go. Let's just get dot C A and let's go. And so one of our founders actually owned the the rights to it. He was wanting to build a development in Calgary called, I think it was called like Chroma Estates or something. And so he actually just gave it to us. So- Oh, yeah. handy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we finally just said, let's do it. And, you know, we had all these kind of ideas of like, you know, add more color to your life and things like that. They, they kind of fell flat, but uh, I don't know. We might reprise them at some point in the future.
0: Oh, that's a cool story. Well, Miles, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you'd like to say that I didn't ask you or- Anything you'd like to mention to the listeners before we head out?
1: I guess the only thing I'd say, it doesn't have anything to do with Chroma, but is is that for anyone who's on the ground floor of technology in Alberta, something very, very exciting is happening and we're starting to get, I think, a lot of interest from maybe folks that are outside of Alberta, outside of Canada, outside of North America. And I think now is definitely the time for those folks that have been hesitant to make the switch from something into technology. There are so many great companies in Alberta with, with, you know, hundreds of open roles that I don't think that you would be disappointed. So I think now is just a super exciting time for the province.
0: Love it. What a great way to end the show. Thank you so much, Miles, for being here today. All right, everybody. See you next week, Tuesday at 8am for the next episode of the Leaders, Innovators and Big Ideas podcast for Rainforest Alberta and have a great week. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract become part of the inclusive silo busting sector agnostic all industry open sourced ego shrinking ecosystem building entrepreneur focused wide open social barrier smashing community known as rainforest alberta this episode was brought to you by assembly co-working space if you're looking for a co-working space check out assemblycs.com music for the show was created by tony deldegan